Welcome to our Best Days podcast, Salute to Veterans, special edition for the week of May 13th, 2022. I'm Bob Franco, your host. The winds of war often carry its victims into its jet stream and scatter them like dry leaves far from home in places they've only ever read about or maybe have never even heard of before. Such is likely the case of Valparaiso's Louis Paul Abel, a Porter County son who scraped together a living as a painter and interior decorator and side hustled selling firewood through the local want ads. Lewis was born in Boone Grove, Indiana on a late summer day on September 6, 1911 to Father Paul and Mother Liefta. He had two older sisters, Gladys, who was four at the time, and Edna, two. The family would eventually rent a home at 152 Napoleon Street in Valparaiso, a two-story home catty-corner to the present-day Central Park Plaza. Lewis would only complete the eighth grade before finding odd jobs around town. Sometime in the mid-1930s, he married his wife Lucille and had the first of three boys, Lewis Jr. Clayton and Ray would soon follow, and we'll learn more about Ray a little later. Lewis continued to work as a painter with his dad, as well as was employed at one point at Indiana Steel Products. He was part of a team that helped get the county fairgrounds in shape in the late 1930s in preparation for the annual fair. He even had a little brush with the law when he was nabbed swiping peanuts, cigarettes, and snuff from the back of a truck parked behind Old Sieber's Drug Store on Lincoln Way. Lewis's mom, Liefta, died in 1935. Lewis enlisted in the U.S. Army in Indianapolis on December 11, 1942. He was listed as a wiry 5'5 and 132 pounds. He was assigned to the 83rd Chemical Battalion and trained in Camp Gordon, California. Lewis was a mortarman who launched four-inch mortars that were loaded with explosives and chemicals. He fought in North Africa and across Italy, even earning a Purple Heart for his service while in Italy. It appears that his battalion did find a little wreck time in Italy, as evidenced by a photo of Lewis and several others dressed in baseball gear, posing for a team picture of what we assume was the Camp Ball Club sometime in 1943. He was headed back to the front in late January 1944 to face Hitler's Winter Line, a series of defensive boundaries the German Field Marshal Albert Kesslering established to obstruct the Allies' march into North Italy and eventually Germany. You see, the Allies had liberated much of southern Italy by that point, signing an armistice with the Italian government. Mussolini fled north to Rome and continued to be Hitler's puppet with the remaining troops under his command. Well, Hitler feared that yielding all of southern Italy to the Allies would allow them to take the Balkans and all of its rich resources of oil, copper, and bauxite. And that's an element vital to the production of aluminum. The contested central lowlands had many airfields that would be ideal for the Allied operations to attack Germany, so Hitler wasn't about to lose them without a fight. The night of January 25th, 1944, the port in Naples was abuzz with activity as 13 ships were getting loaded, getting ready to head into the dark winter, blizzardy northern Italy. Back home, Lewis's sisters were gathering children's clothes and toys in response to a letter Lewis had sent a few weeks earlier describing the horrible conditions he saw in the destroyed cities of Italy and how families were left with nothing. Friends and neighbors brought bags of clothes and baby items and goods over that Gladys and Edna packed up and sent to Lewis's attention. Of course, having no idea by the time that they mailed their last package, their brother was already dead. The LST-422 was an American-built troop transport that was part of a Lend-Lease program with Great Britain, sailing under the Union Jack. However, the night of January 25th, it was loaded with mostly American troops, along with trucks and jeeps, half-tracks, ambulances, and thousands of barrels of fuel and incendiaries. 
Out over the Tyrrhenian Sea, a winter storm was picking up intensity. The convoy left Naples late the night of January 25th with a course set for Anzio, a port city south of Rome and behind the enemy's winter line. The ship started pulling into port in the early hours of January 26th, just as the storm was starting to roll over the seas, pushing 30-foot waves into them with gale-force winds sustained at over 40 to 50 miles an hour. Snow, rain, ice, and hail pelted the ships as they dropped anchor. British Naval Lieutenant Commander Broadhurst anchored the LST-422 several miles offshore, awaiting his call to port. He was resting in his cabin around 0520 when he was tossed from his bunk by a terrific explosion. The LST-422 had been blown from its anchor into a minefield that no one knew was there. A large 50-foot gash was opened up on the starboard side and bottom of the ship between the main engines and auxiliary engine rooms. Below deck, the entire 83rd Chemical Battalion was asleep on the tank deck. The icy cold waters rushed in through the gaping hole right into their deck. It was later reported that they never stood a chance. Explosions begat explosions as trucks, tanks, fuel, and ammunitions all started erupting. By 7 a.m., the entire top deck was engulfed in flames. Other ships tried to get near enough to attempt rescues, but the 30-foot waves of wind made it impossible. By 2.30 p.m., the ship had broken in half and quickly sunk, taking with her 454 American souls and 29 British soldiers. News of the tragedy wouldn't reach home for weeks. And meanwhile, Lewis's wife and sisters continued to send him letters that were now going unanswered. Lucille did receive a brief telegram on February 25th, 1944, informing her that Lewis was officially listed as missing in action. Desperate for news, Sister Gladys sent one last letter in late February to Lewis and wrote on the envelope pleading for anyone from Lewis's battalion to please open this and read. Chaplain George E. Gazer received that letter and wrote Gladys on March 23rd, 1944, a touching and heartbreaking letter telling her of her brother's death. That full letter ran in the Vidette Messenger on April 5th, 1944. War widow Lucille would now have to raise her three boys alone in their family home at 506 Union Street in Valparaiso. Lewis would never know of the challenges of his son, Ray, whom everybody came to call Buddy. Buddy developed a blue baby syndrome, an often fatal heart condition contracted by infants and young children who were fed formula made with tainted well water. It was rampant in the Midwest during this period. Buddy would undergo at least two heart operations in 1945 at Children's Memorial Hospital in Chicago. Fundraisers were held to help raise money to help this war hero's sick son. He was often referred to as Blue Baby Buddy in the newspapers. We know that Buddy recovered and went on to graduate from Valparaiso High School with honors in 1961, having not missed a single day of school in all four years of high school. He was reported to have gone to IU for college. He died in 1990 at the age of 47 and is buried next to his mother in Valparaiso. Clayton would settle in Madariville, Lewis Jr. in La Crosse. Lewis Lucille died in 1954 at the age of 38, striking yet another blow to those boys. The boys all lived with other family members before moving out on their own. We thank Private Lewis Paul Abel for his service and ultimate sacrifice. Please join us each Friday at noon in the garden of our hospice center as we honor another hero in our weekly salute to veterans.